Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to episode 104 of the Whiskey Topic, a very serendipitous episode. Um, I'm here in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be judging the uh, World Whiskey Awards, uh, the U.S. edition. Uh, it's going to be about four, uh, 110 whiskeys in four hours, so that'll be fun. Uh, but it's serendipitous also because Nicholas Vallone is here from McAllen, the national brand ambassador for McAllen. Uh, now, Nicholas, last time you were on the podcast was episode 80, uh, and um, you were in Canada. Absolutely. Uh, and we were very sad to, to, to miss you, man. That was, uh, that was uh, very sad when you moved to the U.S. Yeah, it was sad for me, too, to leave. Uh, but then again, I was so excited to see exactly where my whiskey journey was about to take me with this new adventure in the U.S. Uh, I mean, and that, that's amazing. I love seeing that, that story where you, you lived in Toronto, you lived in Montreal, uh, two beautiful cities in Canada. And where do you go next? And now I live in New York City. In New York City. Absolutely. Um, and representing the best brand to, to represent in New York City, I assume. It's, it's been such an amazing adventure so far and it only keeps getting better uh representing a brand such as mccallan in in such a fantastic city just opens up doors that you know you never would have really imagined sometimes people ask me is this really what you do for a living <laughs> just walking around one of the greatest cities in the world and sharing one of the finest single malls and i say yeah, absolutely Apparently, they couldn't find anybody else who would take a paycheck to do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is really incredible because um, you, I look at your Instagram feed and uh, your, your videos and you're on Snapchat as well. Um, and uh, you're like, oh, you're on a boat. Oh, you're on a private jet. Oh, well, that's that's lovely. Uh, yeah, uh, all those kind of larger than life uh, uh, events. And, you know, there, there's part of that, but there's also the, the, the smaller, more intimate gatherings with people who are just as passionate, if not more passionate about single malt scotch whiskey than I am and then having those fantastic conversation or just meeting you know legends in their own realms whether we are talking about the fashion industry or the sports industry or or anything like that just meeting all those people is such a, an unbelievable experience I, I I can't yeah I can't imagine that's uh and and we're here in Washington DC because this is of course one of your markets and you just you happen to be here and this is this is great what a what a wonderful uh, <laughs> exactly uh, coincidence now I'm I'm really excited because I, I gotta be honest with you I have not been all that excited about McAllen products for for you know like I, I felt that there was that change where you switched in the Canadian market winner way it was it was good I was happy but I was not like overly enthusiastic about McAllen um, only because you know I, I kind of liked the older stuff I was more a little more 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 attuned to that but um, you guys you're the new products line you guys are coming out with ours are super exciting I think they're exciting yeah. for whiskey geeks because you've always been exciting for whiskey drinkers like yes. always like McAllen has been such a you know, such a big wonderful brand for a lot of great people that drink whiskey uh, but you know there's that whiskey geek kind of and super enthusiast audience that just wants that kind of something a little bit interesting, something a little bit more rare. And, and this is, I mean, McAllen's going this direction in a beautiful way. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of the innovation for our distillery, uh, and this is what I think makes the McAllen such a great brand, is that you see the cask aging in a certain way, a certain fashion. And our whiskey maker doesn't try to, to change the nature of the whiskey itself. He goes along with what he's offered via the maturation process, takes the cask whenever they're mature, and... Uh, 
I think it's it's one of the the quotes that I said in episode eighty is you know McAllen's not in the business of pleasing everyone. We're in the business of make, making the finest whiskey that we can. And so if the whiskey that comes out allows us to reach an audience that might be a little bit more uh, new to whiskey or people that are looking for something that's easy drinking, just very approachable whiskey, we had that lineup coming through our innovations. But in the way the whiskey has been behaving very recently. Uh, Bob Delgarno, our master whiskey maker, has been able to put out some fantastic whiskey with such interesting backstories and such uh, a wealth of information that's made available for each of those bottlings. Uh, and that's actually what I brought in today, uh, w- which is one of our newest series, something we launched back in 2015. It's mm-hmm. called the Edition Series. So this is yearly releases. Every year the whiskey is different. Every year the whiskey is made differently, and uh, every year we partner up with masters of a different craft mm-hmm. in order to work alongside Bob and create something that's truly unique. Uh, very cool. And and I, I will say, um, you, so you brought all, all three editions. The, the first edition is already pretty much sold out yes. in many places. It, it sold out super quickly uh, back when we released it back in uh, 2015, mostly because you're talking here about a limited edition Macallan yeah. that's going to be bottled only once and that retailed for just south of $90 a bottle. Wow. Yeah. So very, very uh, approachable price point in terms of collectible Macallan, which is usually when you put those words together, collectible and Macallan, you can you can expect a multi-thousand dollar price, uh, price tag. Now you add to that the fact that the whiskey was higher proof, unchill filtered, uh, naturally colored like McAllen always is, mm-hmm. and that c- comes with all that beautiful information regarding the casks types that were selected. All of a sudden you have something where the, the whiskey connoisseurs, that catches their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people would open up the bottle, crack it open, pour a little bit and taste it and either have their mind blown or say, you know what, that, that one is actually not for me, mm-hmm. but they would appreciate the fact that the whiskey was well crafted. It's just that the flavor profile wouldn't fall uh, under their uh, kind of down their alley. Uh, yeah, we can't stress this enough on the podcast. The the uh, picking barrels and the blending process of blending these barrels together and letting them uh, the, the expressions that come across in that process. Uh, it's 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 a really wonderful process. I I always when I do whiskey tastings, I say, look, a barrel's like a it's, it's it has its own atmosphere. It's got it's like, you've and you and I talked about this before. I think you've actually said it's like it's a semi semi permeable semi permeable permeable thank you uh but it is and and, uh and every cast all these casts are different and and they come together differently and it's that that really that craft that artistry that comes in in building these whiskeys um and before i forget i also want to mention uh mccallan ruby which is now mostly out of market um is selling it's a was a 300 whiskey at least in canada it's now selling for north of a thousand dollars in secondary secondary markets um uh, the the collectability of these whiskeys is just incredible and absolutely. Yeah. I mean, McAllen is the most collectible whiskey in the world right now, and a lot of that uh, has to do with the the craft that goes into making the whiskey. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's recognized as one of the larger single malt Scotch whiskey distillery in the world, our approach is still very hands on. Every single whiskey needs to be signed off by our master whiskey maker, Bob Elgarno. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that we're able to produce, you know, 9 million liters of spirit a year. The output of single malt is still very, very low, less than a, a, than half of that production total. Mm-hmm. And so everything goes through at least one many. Of course, he works with a team, but he's the one knows that will appro- approve of every single bottling, making for a process that is still very handcrafted, regardless of size and scale. Sure, uh, and I mean, and and wonderful price point. I mean, I think the the other uh, you know 
whiskey uh, drinkers have an issue with with pricing. I yep. mean, McAllen's are generally expensive. You could get into the the you know the the rare casks and everything else. Absolutely. It's a lot of money. Uh, but it's having whiskeys at that under hundred dollar price point uh, seems like a, a big winning formula. And also, by the way, you're not skimping on the proof here. Um, so I'm really excited about this because uh, these are forty eight percent north of forty eight percent, forty eight percent and up. Yeah, yeah. And it, in true McAllen fashion, these are our whiskeys that are, you know are designed from the very inception of our, our, our casks, mm-hmm. you know, at the McCallum, the cask policy, how we manage the wood in the, uh, in the warehouses. This is what drives up to 80% of our flavor profile, but we've been doing it in the way that's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Maybe for some distilleries, it's even prohibitively expensive just because we're the only distillery in the world that would go to the extent of shipping trees cut whole from America overseas to Southern Spain and turn them into sherry casks. We do the same thing for our, our European oak, which is uh, mostly harvested from uh, northern Spain. And so, yes, as you said, there are some of the Macallans that are a bit more expensive. But when you look at all the work that goes into making it, uh, there's really no uh, costs that are, are cut at all. It's really our casks are 10 times more expensive than, than, than the basic bourbon cask that the rest of the industry uses. So, you know, just at the very beginning there, you start with overhead costs that are so much greater. Mm-hmm. And that translates in sometimes more expensive whiskeys, but having the luxury of working with Bob Elgarno, our master whiskey maker, he's able to design whiskeys that are uh, very, very interesting, superb whiskeys that just uh, can have a little bit more of an affordable price point. So when we're talking about the edition series, we're looking at right around $100 a bottle. Yeah, uh, no, that's a, and, and you've, you've told me the story many times, but uh, basically... Before McCallum even goes in the barrel, it's sort of that those that barrel has been through four years of maturation, the, yeah, four to six uh, years seasoning, of, exactly. Six, yeah, just dry uh, uh, air drying the staves for up to three years, and then assembling the cask and filling it up with dry oloroso sherry, leaving it in there for up to three years once again to season the wood yeah. uh, before taking it out. You know, it can take up to six years uh, on top of the fifteen hundred dollars per cask. Yeah. Just to, and you haven't made a single drop of whiskey yet. And by comparison, uh, t- typical uh, bourbon season for you know eight months to two years sometimes, but usually it's about a year yeah. uh, of being seasoned outside. Um, um, and then, I mean, I also can't stress enough the, uh, you know, whether it's American oak or European oak, the fact that it contains sherry um, really kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a nice play with the wood because it's, it strips a little bit of those really heavy caramels, yeah. uh, but it allows single, a single malt scotch to really come through uh, in a beautiful way. Yeah, the uh, sherried whiskeys are a category in their own rights in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not talking here about whiskeys finished in sherry cask. I'm mm-hmm. talking about full maturation in sherry cask. And there's only a handful of distilleries in Scotland that go through that process, mostly because of the cost yeah. of, uh, of the sherry cask. And when you do full maturation, you can only use them a very, very you know, uh, few times. If you do sherry cask finishes, then yeah. you can use those casks. Uh, uh, for a much greater number of times, uh, yeah. up to seven times. I've, I've heard some distillery use them. At McCallum, we never use the cask more than twice because yeah. we do that full maturation in there. And it gives a very, very different flavor mm-hmm. to your final whiskey. Full, full maturation in sherry cask will tend to yield uh, whiskeys that have a fruitiness, but not as much as the, of the sweetness. You don't get as much of those wine flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas a finish gets that heavy influence from the sherry it's, itself, which is captured within the wood and doesn't have the time to dissipate over the pre- period of three months to two years that you're going to be uh, finishing the whiskey in that cask for. Right. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, if you're finishing, you are 
legitimately you're you're counting on the actual sherry exactly. notes from yeah. from the wood uh what's soaked in uh those barrels whereas if you're aging that that's not where your flavor is coming no, from no exactly it's, it's more oak focused you're, you're looking more about uh you're looking more at the the chemical compounds that have been changed within the wood as it got seasoned with the sherry rather than counting on the influence of the sherry itself uh, and that's also a good point too because you 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 season the wood and then you you have you like you said the sherry for two to three years um but then those those uh barrels get stripped down and sent to scotland uh, before they get filled is that correct so we don't strip them now we, we just we empty, em- the, empty the sherry yeah and then we ship the uh the cask we keep them whole that's mm-hmm. another very expensive process most of the cask that usually gets shipped to scotland will be broken down mm-hmm so that way you can fit more on the on a boat. Yeah. For us, we keep them whole mm-hmm. as a way to preserve the integrity of the cask. That allows us to age the whiskey in a bit more uh, stable fashion mm-hmm. because the cask is going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, airtight. Right. Whereas right. a cask that you reassemble can have a, a few of those kind of kinks and and flaws in them that ultimately. Uh, results in a whiskey that will not stay in there for as long. Now, as part of your uh, your very difficult job, you went to Spain as well, and you Absolutely. got to see the barrel program <laughs> in Spain. Um, so, um, I mean, how was that? I've never like how was that ex- it, it, experience? It's an absolutely unbelievable experience. It just shows you this whole new dimension of Scotch making that uh, that can be overlooked at times. And uh, at the McCallum, we have this chance of having uh, a gentleman whose ma- whose name is uh, Stuart McPherson whose job title is actually Master of Wood. That's his real job title. And, <laughs> and he's been on this podcast. Absolutely. Yes. It's always hard to, to kind of <laughs> say that one with a straight face. And his job is essentially to, to hand-select every single tree that comes into our cooperages in southern Spain, in Jerez de la Frontera. And over there, he, he assesses the, uh, the trees, yeah. uh, decides which section will be cut down to be turned into staves. And then he overlooks also uh, the finished product itself, making sure that every single casks that are uh, taken out of the cooperages to be sent to Spain actually meet the requirements, uh, his own requirements, which are the highest standards in the industry. So this is something that, once again, only a handful of distillery in Scotland uh, go through the full cooperaging uh, aspect of making their own cask. Uh, yeah, and that's a great, great point. I mean, uh, compare that to, and I, this is always a fun comparison for me because comparing that to to bourbon, um, pretty much, I mean, there are there are places that play with wood a bit, and then the kind of north south. There's there's definitely exceptions, but in the general industry, it's like those those barrels are mass produced. Yep. They're generally consistent because they generally know what part of the trees to cut, and they're all very similar. Yep. Um, and so distillers will play with mash bills with aging sometimes with finishing to give you varied different types of whiskey because that that oak is generally going to present the same sort of flavor profile uh and of course the where they are in the warehouse matters a lot because of climate um in in scotland you're doing a single malt scotch it's 100 percent malted barley you're not yeah. you're not playing with any of the mash bill the grains uh any of that so you're the focus on the wood is is crucially important and that, that building that variation of flavor oh uh, yeah um, and I mean, that's really what a master blender will do. We'll b- bring those things together and, and kind of give you those, those different notes of flavor from different kind of barrels. Yeah, there's, there's definitely like multiple aspects to that. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because, uh, in an era where the terroir conversation is quite, uh, polarizing in the mm-hmm. single malt scotch world, you know, uh, a lot of people argue that, you know, the, the strain of barley that you use will impact the final whiskey and and it just falls under sense right it makes sense that 
the type of barley that you use will change the whiskey, but to which extent is kind of the conversation right now. And it seems like the, the most of the studies on the subject seem to, uh, to point out the fact that the strain of barley itself has a very, very minimal impact sure. on the final product, mostly because of the distillation process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so that leaves a lot of space for the, the, the wood to actually influence the final product. And since by law, Scotch whiskey is not, uh, is not facing the same restriction as bourbon mm-hmm. in terms of what type of cast they can use, uh, it opens up the door for innovation quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And this lineup that I got here today, the edition number one, two, and three, uh, is a perfect example of All that. Right. Let's get let's, let's dive in. Uh, so what we have here are the 2015, 2016, and the newest 2017 release. And um, let me just grab the box here because you have the full breakdown of the cask types that were used for every single one of those. Virtually all the information that we're legally entitled to put on the box is included in there. And one thing that you notice when you try the three whiskey is how wildly different they are. And they've been very polarizing in the whiskey sphere where people would, you know, be on team edition one or team edition two or even team edition three. That that's amazing. I I'm, I'm just reading these names, and so what's a Tavasa? But so Tavasa is actually <laughs> our, our yeah Tavasa is our uh, the cooperage that mm-hmm. actually assembled the cask. Okay, and the but is the 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 format. So it's a 500 liter that's quite tall and narrow. Uh huh. So you get you as you can see, you really get the full breakdown. Whether it's a first fill or second fill cask, whether it's made of American oak or European oak, uh, which cooperage actually put it together, and to the extent oh, of I which see. bodega provided the sherry that seasoned the wood. Okay, so the uh, JNM Martin butts, those are that. So that's once again, that's the bodega that the, uh, the, the bodega that the, uh, the, the Cooper, the, sorry, that assembled the, the, the cask itself. So you can see where it all comes from different uh, uh, cooperages, and there's also uh, some of the dimensions of the bodegas in there, just giving you kind of the full breakdown of the cask. And on the back here, we even have the breakdown in percentage of each cask size that we've used, wow. because as we know. A smaller cask will uh, have a larger surface of contact with the liquid and therefore will mature the whiskey differently. Uh, this is really amazing. So, yeah, 58% butts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, 23% hogheads and... And the other one would be the punchin, uh, which is, uh, yeah, a 19% punchin. So, which is another 500 liter uh, volume cask, okay. but much more squat, like much uh, shorter and a little bit more uh, large around uh, the circumference. So, a little bit different reaction with the wood. More, more contact with the barrel head, right, which okay. has once again influences the final whiskey differently. Fantastic. Yeah. So, it, it, once again, kind of breaking down in the geek aspect of those casks, which is what influences up to 80% of the whiskey when it comes to the Macallan. Now, another fun fact about this is that they use the lingo that they use at the uh, uh, at the, the the Macallan facilities in terms of a vatting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, under edition number one here, you see a, a, a mention of C8 V130 T19. 2015-001. So what that means is C8 stands for uh, eight cask types mm-hmm. in the vatting. V130 is the number of casks that are used in the vatting itself. Mm-hmm. T19 is actually the color of the whiskey, the tint of the whiskey. Okay. 2015 is the year of release. 001 is edition number one. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it is. And like you said, you're you can only legally share so much because of the Scotch Whiskey Association and, and 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 all that. But so you can't necessarily share ages in this exactly. in this circumstance. Uh, certainly, you can on the bottle, maybe the box, a little thing. But uh, but um, 
so these are non-statement whiskeys. They're a general statement of what, yep. what their age range is. Uh, I have absolutely no idea yeah. if I'm being completely honest. And most of that is because I never even cared to ask. Yeah. Because as a whiskey, a self-proclaimed whiskey geek myself, you know, I'm still kind of wrapping my mind around all the information that I get about the casks. Absolutely, that really yeah. gives me all I need to know. Yeah. Because after that, the age on it, I, I, I fully trust Bob Delgarno to, to have that competence after being, you know, the master whiskey maker at, at McCallum for close to 20 years to be able to select the cask at their uh, full maturity. And I think this is something that you can uh, kind of discern on the palate of the whiskey itself. And let me pour you a little bit so you can give me your, your opinion on that. Yeah, I um I I can't stress this enough that the industry has really uh, turned around uh, noise statements kind of the, the the conversation we're having and I and I think it's because of releases like this yeah. where um you know this would never be a release in an age statement world because I mean whatever that's eight, that number would be it would not represent the whiskey properly no exactly um and to have you know I, again I don't know if this is younger older whiskey but just to have a whiskey that that has character and is not depending on that number is a good flip and I yep. you know and I mean I, I think I've been pretty critical of the industry early on maybe in in the switching from away from age statements because you know we, we weren't really sure what we were expecting that that openness wasn't necessarily there at the time um and also that product innovation wasn't necessarily there and I'm not talking about yep. McAllen specifically just in general yeah, just in general industry. there's not there wasn't a lot of product innovation uh like okay if you're not going to give me a number that's fine but give me something, something else. else give exactly. me a unique flavor I wouldn't experience otherwise and uh, in my mind, these kind of additions coming out from McAllen and, and from others as well, uh, I just bring together the best of who cares what the age statement is. Give me whiskey that's going to give me some interesting character. And by the way, I can, I, you just, it's underneath my nose here, and I can just, <laughs> from, you know, from, uh, from some, several inches up, I can smell that McAllen. Yeah. It's like, this is McAllen. I'm, I'm going to be drinking the McAllen here. Those this is... three bottlings ha have been renowned to be extremely rich on the nose from the, wow. the get go. Uh, once again, in true McAllen fashion, they're 100% naturally colored. Mm -hmm. Now, knowing that this is mostly first fill cask, so I think out of the eight casks here, six of them, uh, six of the cask types are going to be first fill casks. And when you say naturally colored, you're saying no caramel's been added. No caramel There's added. not been any 100% of the yeah. color is derived from the cask in which it's matured. So I would expect that to be kind of an early double-digit age statement if I had to take a wild guess. I mean, on the nose, I, the thing I love about this is it's reminding me more of that that uh, McAllen 10 in the old days, yep. McAllen 12 maybe, I, the, the very, very sherry forward. Uh, but wow, I mean, on the nose, this is this is, this is is competing with some of your uh, more expensive products. How do you... Yeah, uh, no, so this one is, on the nose, is definitely oh, a thoroughbred McAllen. Yeah. Uh, so this is the one in the three uh, expression that have been put out so far. This is the one that's been 100% designed by Bob Delgarno himself. Mm -hmm. So you get that classic McCallan signature on there. Oh. But on the nose, you get even more of those chocolatey notes that the McCallan is known to have, but usually a little bit more on the back end, Yeah, used as kind of that bitter element that can uh, balance out the sweet notes with that high cocoa content kind of chocolate dimension. But here it's really at the forefront, getting a little bit more milk chocolate in there, uh, beautiful spices, and then you get a very raisiny kind of dried fruit element in there as well. Oh, it smells great. It's, yeah. uh, I think you've described it better than I will in such <laughs> in such short. And you know, I always uh, I, it takes me like several minutes, if not and not twenty minutes, to describe a whiskey. Uh, it's it's a wonderful, uh, but I think you've you've nailed it with everything you've said. Yeah, I've had the chance to try this one a few, <laughs> a few times. times. <laughs> <laughs> I had a head start. I'm not I'm not gonna lie here. Cheers. Cheers. Um. Nicely rounded. Um, I love there's a little bit of heat here. There's a little bit of that aggressiveness from that 48% in, in a very positive yep. way. Um, it really comes through. This is very un-McAllen-like. Uh, taking it from the nose, so it was very strongly McAllen. Yep. 
uh, it takes you to the palette, which is just that the tannins are coming through, the uh, dryness is coming through, and uh, uh, yeah, this is a very punchy drink. I Absolutely. like it a lot. This so is, this uh, is yeah. uh, the way I like to, to describe edition number one and edition number two. I usually like to put them side by side because I feel like they deconstruct the account, mm -hmm. each of them taking one of the dimensions and blowing it out okay. of the water, like blowing it just way bigger than it usually is. Yeah. So the Macau with the sherry cask, usually we get kind of that drying effect more on the finish, mm -hmm. balancing out the sweet notes. But here it's really at the forefront of the whiskey and you get that that kind of more intense, really kind of European oak sher uh, sherry cask influenced style of whiskey, taking that one dimension of the Macau and as I said, just making it bigger than life. Yeah, and it, it it makes for Macallan that packs a little bit more of a punch than you can use uh, than you used to because Macallan is this distillery that's known to make those beautifully sophisticated, refined, complex whiskeys, mm -hmm. and now we say, well, you know, we have this spectrum of cask and we have that range of flavors. Let let us show you what we can achieve if we masterfully uh, vat some of those casts together to create something that will appeal to a different type of Macallan drinker. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's uh, this is really wonderful, I, and like you said, it is. Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously having a beautiful, rich whiskey is, is wonderful. But I, I do find uh, in a whiskey cabinet, I don't always reach for the really rich whiskeys because it's like having rich food. It's like it's like having, you know, the best <laughs> it's like having like the best burger or this or that. Like you don't always want to just eat it. You're just Absolutely. like you love to having the option of it there, but it's not an everyday thing. No, exactly. Um, it, it's 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 a little too rich. It overwhelms the palate. Yep. It's uh, which on the right moment, it's perfect. And then. You know, and but you don't necessarily reach for it as much. Um, but this is, this is definitely on the other side of scale. Where like you can reach for this, you're fi you're fine. You're yeah. gonna, your palate is gonna be very pleased and very woken up and, and very peppery on that on that side. Oh. Yeah, definitely the, those little spicy notes on the finish there, and, and peppery is a, is a good descriptive for this one. Uh, lots of clove as well, which kind of points once again that to the fact that this is mostly European oak uh, in the vatting, and yeah. first filled at that. Yeah, no, that's um, that's really great. Um, so this one, as we said, was not quite available. It's 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 selling out, or, or it's it's, gonna be hard it's to getting find. very very hard to find. Uh, this one was one hundred percent allocated to the United States as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can still find it in in you know smaller markets here and there. Uh, for 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 my friends still in Toronto uh, and a large portion of your audience. Uh, I would maybe recommend making a quick trip to Buffalo and uh, tempt your chance because I hear there's some in uh, upstate New York left okay. uh, at a very okay. decent price. Okay, that's that's wonderful. That's good to hear. And um, you know, it's it's funny. We we have our listeners are Toronto, California, and New York State. It's yes. like literally how it goes. So the West uh, Coast, most of, uh, U.S. is still predominantly yeah. from your audience, but uh, but if you look at it by region, region, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So uh, upstate New York is is would probably be kind of the best bet okay. to still find a bit of edition number one. I hear it's excessively hard to find on the West Coast, unfortunately. So mm -hmm. sorry for everyone listening from California. <laughs> <laughs> but they might get number two. They might get number two as. This one is still on shelf, mm -hmm. but once again, that's a 2016 release. Mm -hmm. And as I said, collectible Macallan. So it is flying off the shelves quite fast. Now, edition number two, when it came out, it, it kind of uh, anchored this series. And what I mean by that is that it really went to show that the whole goal of this was to make whiskeys that were all extremely unique, mm -hmm. all non-typical Macallan. And uh, once this hit the shelf, the big conversation in the whiskey world was, 
are you team edition number one or team edition number two? And you still get this very heated conversation regarding yeah. that topic because of how wildly different the whiskeys are. But to me, that's the whole point of this series is showcasing that range of flavors, that right. range of aromas that the McAllen is able to put together thanks to that large uh, inventory of cask and thanks to the fact that we craft the, ca the, cra the casks ourselves. Yeah. So we're yeah. able to, to use those different types of oak and that first fill, second fill element in there. The um, and so on that side, um, uh, you are on the just a, as I know this, uh, you can tell us about the the core product range now that the uh, your focus, I guess, on the, the 12, the, the double, the double, what sorry, 12, yeah, double cast, yeah. double cast. Jeez, I always, I never know which. <laughs> it's gone into two casts, everybody. This is, this is, there's 300 ways of saying this. You, uh, you might hang out with a certain Balvenie <laughs> brand ambassador a little bit too much. Right, exactly. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> hey, Jamie. Uh, but that, that, that double cast is. Um, and then the 15 and the 18 is kind of going to, that's. That's always been the core. Well, the 15 and 18 were always yep. the core range in the U.S. and in, in, in the U.K. But that's going to be more rolled out globally as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we're we're starting to, to see a streamlining of the McAllen core range expression, and it first started with uh, with rare cask, uh, which was our first kind of globally available core range expression. Mm -hmm. uh, Needless to say, and the name suggests this, it was always in smaller quantities, but now we're seeing the product such as uh, McAllen 12-year-old double cask, mm -hmm. which is 100% sherry matured whiskey, but in a mixture of both American oak and European oak, uh, is becoming one of our globally available product. Uh, McAllen fine oak 15 years old is also available in most of the markets. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that, that streamlining of the core range, something that's a little bit more uh, consistent from market to market. And and I gotta say I can't say enough about that fifteen fine oak. I uh, I that was when when uh, when McCallans were kind of change, changing product lines in Toronto. That was like the one I bought an extra bottle and I saved it as long as possible. I think yes. I think we took it down in the last heel party, uh, finally. But uh, it, it was one that was just like really savoring a little bit at a time. Yeah, uh, yeah. the fifteen fine oak is is always up on my list of favorites and it's typically my my uh breakfast whiskey i like to call it because of how light it is by including the bourbon cask in the triple cask maturation process uh but now if you look at the mccallan there's a sherry oak range mm -hmm. which is our 12 and 18 uh and then there's the double cask range which is the mccallan 12 year old double cask and then there's the uh, fine oak range mm -hmm. which is the 10 15 and the newly available in the u.s 18 year old fine oak okay yeah all right interesting all right there you go so with edition number two, what we have here uh, is the second release in this series. Now, this one is comprised of only four cask types, and mm -hmm. those were selected in partnership with the Roca Brothers. Okay. So the Roca Brothers are the uh, founders of the restaurant, the famous Spanish restaurant El Celer de Can Roca, yeah. which is located in northwest, uh, northeastern Spain, and it's uh, been named twice Best Restaurant in the World. It's a um, three Michelin star restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, quite you, fantastic. You can't. Oh, I assume you've been there because your job is, job is really uh, hard. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to go there. Oh, uh, okay. You're not, gonna roll, you're not gonna do that one. I was like, oh, but uh, it's, it's on it's my bucket list. It's impossible to get reservations. It's, it's like impossible. It, it's like you have to call a year in ahead and yes, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's one of those kind of like special moment when you get to sit at one of their tables. And so what we did is uh, we flew them from Spain all the way to Scotland. Mm -hmm. And we shamelessly use their exceptional palettes to select some unique McAllen cask types, ah. the type of McAllen casks that are not typically used in, in our uh, usual bottling. So each of the brothers selected one cask type, yeah. and Bob selected the fourth. We created that at Vatting and created that unique McAllen. Uh, I'm going to ask a dumb question, um, but like, 
this doesn't seem so from a from a marketing perspective like why i mean it, it's not a well-known restaurant it's not a common knowledge restaurant certainly no um so like what it was it the palettes was it the there is this fascination with the uh the the, the gastronomy culture out yeah. there uh so not necessarily you know, El Salada Canahuca is not one of the restaurants where people, everyone is going to get the chance to go, but a lot of people will know about the Roca, the Roca brothers mm-hmm. because of what they've, they've achieved yeah. and what they still achieve. And, you know, three Michelin star restaurants, it's, that's the highest, uh, the highest award you can get for a restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that automatically establishes, establishes you as one of the top leader in your respective craft. And, and, uh, as the McAllen is has been recognized as one of the, the the finest whiskeys in the world as well. It's kind of a natural synergy yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, add to that the fact that the Roca brothers, when they opened up the restaurant, they selected only one single malt scotch uh, yeah. in their inventory, and that's the McAllen. That's the only single malt mm-hmm. scotch that you can get at this restaurant, and they have an absolutely insane selection of our whiskeys including some of the uh extremely exclusives fine and rare uh vintage mccallans so so they they know the whiskey very well they know the scotch very well all right so Uh. they've been working with our product for a long time so we know they understand the philosophy behind it and so if you go ahead this one is bottled at 48.2 percent abv so Mm -hmm. a a slight increase from uh, edition number one once again non-chill filtered naturally colored whiskey and on the nose here completely different beast yeah we are not at all towards the roasted elements and the very very dark elements that uh, edition number one is known for uh here we have much more of a balance between american oak and european oak more of that fine oak uh kind of well not yeah more of that double cask kind of character in there uh, by achieving that balance between the, the the two types of sherry casks uh once again here they use uh, a larger amount of smaller cask so mm-hmm. a little bit more hogshead yeah. uh in the making uh compared to edition number 1 and so they achieve something that has spices but in a more subtle way mm-hmm. and that definitely has a little bit more sweetness to it compared to edition number 1 I-, I love how both of these are so wonderfully McAllen and it's like you said a different side of the personality exactly right? a different like, side of the coin yeah i mean so, cuz this does remind me a little bit like you said of the McAllens with the american oak and yeah. and, and that uh, so a lot influence. more honey yeah the spices here are a little bit more like uh ginger a little bit more cinnamon uh you get kind of that bright spicy element in there you start getting a little bit of those kind of roasted apples and and uh, uh, burnt uh, citrus peels in there. I think that what I really enjoy about the Macallan, uh, uh, and, and certainly must be a testament to to the barrel program, is uh, how uniquely Macallan it smells like. Because you can have you know you can have a lot of different scotch, and it does kind of start you know mendling in, especially with finishes, especially mm-hmm. with, with sherry oak. It's like it's it's really hard to create a unique product in that in that category. And uh, absolutely, this uh, both of these just smell so uniquely Macallan. I wouldn't ever mistake them for anything else yep. than than uh, Macallan. Like they're they're just such distinctively wonderful smells. That's a fantastic point you're bringing up because Macallan is a distillery that doesn't do cask finishes. All we do is full maturation in the single cask type. Now, we might play around with the, the type of cask that we use, mm-hmm. but it's always a full maturation. And so that allows us to preserve that beautiful, unique character that makes the distillery uh, one that's easy to pick up just on the nose of your whiskey. You know, yeah. you could put 100 samples of whiskey in front of me, and I could easily pick out the McCallans from those. Uh, this is the, the herbalness, the anise uh, kind of, or licorice, if you want, if you want it to, that, that yeah. notes is beautiful on this, the kind of herbal tea sort of things, but that, that, that finish is just beautiful. It's beautiful, like, oh, huh? my God, it just keeps going and it's going. It's not as dry as the previous one, yeah. but it just has those layers of flavors afterwards. Uh, 
unsurprisingly, a whiskey that we've played around to pair with food that's been extremely successful in, in various uh, uh, styles. Pairs beautiful with light dish, mm-hmm. rich dish. Uh, goes beautiful with savory notes. Goes beautiful with sweeter notes like dessert. Uh, they've accomplished something here that was truly unique, and you can you can see here kind of that duality between edition number one and edition number two. Completely different worlds of the McCallan, as you said, and uh, that made for some very very fun kind of interaction, especially on social media, where people were were very very proud of liking yeah. one over the other, and and those conversations keep going. I think I'm a. Uh, I'm thinking of an edition number two. Um, there you go. But I think that kind of makes sense with with my preferences in in the Macallan range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say even like if, if you if you were a bourbon drinker, uh, you'd probably lean to number two. That would have a little bit more familiar notes. I would agree with that. Um, but you can't get over number one's kind of the the, the the sherry. The sweetness comes through so nicely, and, and that beautiful nose. So I've uh, uh, yeah. I've noticed that uh, bourbon drinkers that like uh, heavy rye mash bills mm-hmm. tend to go a little bit more edition number one than edition number two. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, whereas like uh, the fans of the weeded bourbons, for example, tend to go a little bit more towards edition number two. I can see that. Now that right. you say that, I can see that. I I love all whiskey, so I don't know if I have a preference between <laughs> weeded or rye. Though I do like my rye, but uh, I think your only preference when it comes to whiskey is as long as it's in a glass in front of you available for you to sip on. <laughs> like that's pretty much sums it up. I uh, you know, especially with proper glassware because that's that's just that's just wonderful. That helps out a lot. Um, no, that's uh that's amazing. So I, I can't wait to hear about number 3. So we heard yeah. uh number 1, number 2. No, let's uh what, what's been the story behind number 3? So edition number 3 uh is by far the lightest of the three expressions. So okay. you mentioned uh you referred to how edition number 2 was starting to lean towards the fine oak range of the McCallum. Well, this is really where we are mm-hmm. uh, with edition number three, uh, definitely inspired by kind of that style. Now, this one is a partnership between, once again, Bob Delgarno, our master whiskey maker, and master perfumer Roger Dove. Okay. So Roger Dove has been named uh, the world's finest nose. So uh, That's a whole other industry that uh, right? I'm not even remotely aware of, but it's uh, <laughs> it's very lucrative if you... It, it, it's kind of insane. The uh, I had the chance to actually work with Mr. Dove. Uh, I had him in New York visiting and we did uh, the media tour for the launch of edition number three. And so I kind of, I got the chance to sit down as he explained uh, how he came uh, across the McCown as a partner and kind of the, the, the inspiration that goes behind edition number three. And then he was telling me about his world and there's people who get, you know, customized fragrances made based on their natural body odor yeah, to complement it. That's I didn't amazing. even. It, that, I, I did. I thing. never dreamt sure. that something like that would exist. So <laughs> it's it's tailored fragrances for people. I, I I'm oddly curious. How much does that cost? I I didn't even care to ask. That, right. It's just like if because you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> exactly. That's definitely beyond the four figure mark. Yeah. Uh, and so for edition number three, a little mm. bit like edition number two, we flew mm. uh, Mr. Dove from. Uh, from London all the way to Scotland, and once again shamelessly used uh, his sense. And this time, uh, this time it was the nose mm-hmm. to to select some casts. Now, what you need to know about uh, about Roger is he doesn't drink single malt. Oh, interesting. Uh, he doesn't drink single malt because he had a, a bad experience with single malt whiskey growing up in high school, and ever since just scratched it off his list of things to drink. Uh, the thing is, he had only one experience with it. And for him, single malt scotch whiskey was always synonymous with heavily peated, smoky, high-proof whiskeys. Right, 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 right. And so when uh, when we started working with him, uh, and that was over 10 years ago, so it was a long time 
a, a long time, like a, a long process for him to go between working with McAllen and coming out with a whiskey with us. Uh, the one thing that struck him and that really amazed him about the McAllen whiskeys is how he was able to find some of those casks that showcase whiskey that was extremely sophisticated, refined, light, floral, and even citrusy. Right. He didn't think that that was possible in single malt scotch whiskey. And so unsurprisingly, uh, when it came time to create edition number three, uh, he selected uh, a high concentration of American oak influence with uh, whiskeys, mm -hmm. including a small proportion of ex-bourbon casks. Okay. So once again, we have American oak sherry cask, European oak sherry cask, and a little bit of ex-bourbon in there, just like our triple cask matured fine oak range. I, it's, I think it smells a little sweeter to me than on the nose than the two, because two's kind of had a little quieter nose. Yeah. And, and the This one flavor. is extremely fragrant on yeah. the nose. Lots of creme brulee, lots of fresh apple, a little floral element in there, spring flowers, uh, and lots of bright citruses on the finish. So right away, you, you smell this blind, and you know there's a lot of American oak yeah. uh, in there, and, and there absolutely is. Uh, now, one thing that I wish I could have witnessed is... is Roger himself uh, flying to Scotland and, and, you know, arriving at the McCallan estate and working with Bob. The reason why I say that is because Bob is your archetypical Highlander, you know, mm -hmm. heavy tweed, yeah. you know, kind of rugged attitude about him. And, you know, he's gonna, he's, he won't smile unless it's necessary. Yeah. A man of few words, really, really passionate about his craft, very kind of humble and, and, and uh, soft spoken. And then you have on the other hand, you have Roger who arrived at the McCallan estate wearing this ankle-length electric blue mink. <laughs> the man <laughs> has the most flamboyant uh, uh, sports jackets, uh, beautiful jewelry, and he's that, you know, that very, very well-spoken and outspoken man with a, a charisma that's unparalleled. It's, it's, it's absolutely hypnotizing, but just diametrically opposed personalities between Bob and himself. And then you put those two in the room and I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of people who were concerned. I, I bet. I, how did they even talk? Yeah. It's, it it, it, it kind of looked on paper. It looked like mixing water to oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you put them both in the room and they started speaking a language that no one else knew, mm -hmm. but that they both knew very, very well. And that's the language of the nose. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, 99.9% .9 of both those men's job is conducted with their noses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was supposed to be a couple hours meeting going through about 30 to 40 different cask samples turned out at a full day of work visiting over 200 cask samples. Wow. And to create primarily this nosing, I assume. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All with the nose, taking the, the cask uh, samples out of the cask, diluting them by half, nosing, and then discussing what was happening and so they really managed to create something that i've never seen from the mccallum mm -hmm. but that's a, a masterpiece in its own right so as i said on the nose definitely influenced uh by by the american oak but on the the way this whiskey expresses itself on the palate is is such an experience i'll let you try right. it by yourself yeah that that's something else I um, it just uh, I describe it as just um, if you look at like at the progression of a drink on across the palate, it's got that uh, that kind of wave of the spice and the sweetness just kind of comes through in the dryness and the certainly the share influence, but that that oak also is uh, is it's a nicely balanced peppery butteriness. Like, yeah, 
That's a beautiful. F- oh wow! I'm not gonna have to compare the Nexus edition two. Maybe I'm gonna be an edition three guy. I yeah, don't know. this one. Uh, that's amazing. The creaminess yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, whiskey you can chew. This is definitely yeah. one of those. Makes your mouth water, which absolutely. is a great sign of dry good, and right? then water. Yeah, perfectly balanced. It starts off with that very light kind of creme brulee sweetness mm-hmm. before going towards those, those those fresh white fruits. But it's the bitter element on the finish that balances everything out so beautifully, uh, and it's a bitter element that I've experienced for the first time with McCallan. And I think the best way I get to describe this one is like, if we talk about the bitter element at the at the finish of uh, edition number one that balances it out, for me, it's very, very kind of chocolatey mm-hmm. and, and oaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, for edition number two, it's much more spicy. Mm-hmm. And for edition number three, that bitter element reminds me of, you know when you peel an orange mm-hmm. and you, you stick your, your, your thumbnail in there yeah. just to remove the peel and then you get a bit of orange oil on, if you happen to lick that, it's going to be a burst of orange flavor, yeah. but very, very bitter at the same time. Yeah. It's like that essential oil bitterness. I like that. And that has right. that in there, yeah. uh, which is something I've never experienced in the McAllen, and that makes it perfectly balanced. And you can tell that Roger wanted something that exp- kind of uh, experienced on the palate the same way that you would uh, a perfume on the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For him, it's important that you don't get overwhelmed by the sweetness. Right, right. That they both balance out each other and beautifully done in this one. Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's amazing. I, and I, I do I love the comparison with citrus especially because I do uh, I think you know everybody's palate is different kind of where they focus on. I know my palate certainly does focus on citrus notes. Yeah. And I always go from like lemon to orange to like blood orange yeah. and kind of depending on sweetness and um and and that so uh this is uh yeah this is a great example of that now i've noticed there that uh edition number two is two percent edition number three is eight forty eight point three percent edition number two is forty eight point two percent um a little bit of an easter egg I there i was gonna say uh, i see a pattern there eventually it'll be like 63.2 percent <laughs> well, well we'll see how many of those uh, exactly come out i know uh, edition number four mm-hmm. is uh currently in the making so there will be a fourth uh, edition now I'm curious to see if it's going to be 48.4 percent ABV. I'd right. love to see that. I would be uh, uh, quite sad if it wasn't the case. Uh, and I'm actually very curious as well to know the partnership that goes on there and to see the the full cask makeup uh, of that specific expression and see where it uh, it installs itself compared to the three other ones. Um, I guess no previews as to what the fourth edition I is. Know, I'm I'm in. I'm not in the known uh, when it comes to that. I'm uh, I'm waiting for that information just yeah. as much as anybody. Uh, well, eventually you guys are going to get bored if this continues. You'll have like the 300th edition. Then you can make the podcaster's edition, you, and you, that'll be wonderful. You know we're talking <laughs> about whiskey here. You expect me to be bored at any point? <laughs> You're like, what do we do now? What do we, we've done 300 of these. I mean, who else are we going to bring in uh, here? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how many of those editions come out. But uh, so far, uh, that's a good point. at we, least we should, four. You should, we should say that. You, you can stop this at any time. Which Exactly. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I really don't like people hoarding whiskey for, <laughs> for reasons, cause it's just, you know, you want people to drink the whiskey to, yeah. to buy the whiskey, but from that collective, uh, you, it's hard to ignore this side of the market where, where people do buy the whiskey and collect it and, yeah. and you're not going to have eight editions or 10 editions. Maybe, maybe this, you will, but probably this series yeah. is interesting because thanks to price point, uh, the whiskey being, you know, suggested retail price below a hundred dollars. It's one of those that you see people buy two of them and mm-hmm. one to drink and one to keep. And, you know, once the lineup is complete, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of people, you know, posting pictures of them going through a bit of a vertical tasting of every single one of the expressions, Sounds which like always makes it like a good yeah. time, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just doing three right now is always so much fun and, and seeing like the three dimensions of, of the cask flavors that you can extract from the Macallan and showcasing that full range uh, of flavors and aroma, something that, you know, only very few distilleries are, are able to, 
to do without using cask finishes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that for me is always super interesting and always such a, a, a fun time. No, that's amazing. Um, I, I've been enjoying this a lot. This is really uh, my sweet spot of whiskey right here where we're drinking. Um, I do want to know a little bit more about your, you've moved to New York City. Are you got any um, got any uh, kind of touristy like where to eat, where to drink right now? Maybe not just yes. New York City. I know you. I, I know boat chips in Miami. I, I get it. You, <laughs> you're, you're doing really well. Uh, what are what are some of the things you've been uh, that uh, that um, you've been enjoying as far as cocktails or food? It's uh, uh, right now one thing. Myself a little bit more of this. Yeah, yeah. Please, you, you go mind. ahead. I think we found a winner for uh, for Mark, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Edition number three is going back into the glass now. Right before I, I hop on to my, uh, the way I, I spend my time as a, when I'm a non-brand ambassador, which is very, very low amount of time <laughs> in my schedule. Yeah, uh, I make fun of your job, but you're yeah. right. You work an insane amount of hours, and I could never imagine Because of uh, lots of traveling, lots of travel. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for those curious, uh, edition number three will uh, just made its way out in the U.S. Okay. So on the East Coast, it w- it's been available for uh, just over four weeks at this point. The West Coast has seen the first few bottle hit shelves uh, about two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Canada will get its uh, fair share in uh, uh, early 2018 as well. Okay, so nice. I think we cover all your bases of, in terms of uh, uh, of audience here. But yeah, everybody's going to have a chance to get their hands on one. Uh, and edition number two is still quite widely available. Edition number one, you have to dig in a little bit more to find. Uh, in terms I love your advice of buying two because that's something you people generally do at this point. Buy two yeah. and the first one, the second one may eventually pay for the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because with collectible whiskey or limited edition whiskeys, uh, I myself have found myself in the position where I would buy only one and say, oh, I'll buy another one later. And then it goes out of stock and yeah. then I regret it. Like I, very bitter so many, so many regrets now. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I changed my tune on that a little bit because yeah, it's hard not it's hard not to. I and for me, it's it's not about the money or or, or, or selling it. It's more about you know having that having it and, and you know yeah. I wish I had a bottle of Ruby on me right now. Right. Just to, what a, which, how much more special it is to pour it now when you're like, by the way, this is now worth over a thousand dollars. We're gonna pour it and enjoy it with friends. Exactly. Like, that, that kind of value. You just you just can't you can't put a price tag on that. It, it yeah. adds that that kind of story element to the whole tasting, which which completes it. And yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, I have this this strict rule of as as a collector myself and as a person who likes to build like a nice collection at home that I can open for people as they visit. I have this rule of if I can't afford two, I can't afford one. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's actually and, yeah yeah because yeah. otherwise my I, there would be no collection because the whiskey goes out much faster than it comes in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the only way to to make sure that that happens. Uh, that I, I keep some some sort of inventory at home. Uh, but as far as as uh, what I enjoy in the U.S. ever since I moved, uh, a lot of it has been live music venues okay. that have fantastic uh, whiskey selection. And there's way too many for me uh, to name them across the country, but uh, very, very easy to find them. You know, you kind of just Google live music and whiskey and they, they pop out in every city. I was going to say, here, this this is a new this is well, new trend. This is a definitely a, an interesting trend to combine that uh I think it's wonderful. I've, yeah. I've yet to go to a, like a music and whiskey kind of event thing, but it sounds amazing. For me, for uh, for a proper kind of tasting evening to be complete, every single one of your senses need to be involved and, mm-hmm. and stimulated. You know, and you know, eyes, touch, scent, and 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 taste are all very obvious with whiskey. Yeah. In between the color of the whiskey, the flavors, the texture, uh, and and the nose on it. But very rarely do we think about what's available for for the ears, unless you have the chance of listening at whiskey topic uh, podcast Absolutely. as you drink That's your whiskey why we're here. Absolutely. Uh, which is why if i find myself having a bit of spare time and i want to enjoy some fine whiskeys by myself i love going to a live 
uh, music venue and just you know bask in that that uh, that that vibe of old school jazz music playing as I sit down in a, a leather sofa and I enjoy my my favorite single malt on the side. I think you're describing an event we were at last year too. I'm thinking of like, well, you know, I've been to a whiskey, I've been to a McKellen yep. concert uh, whiskey event. That's right at uh, Tales of the Cocktail, I guess. Last, yes. last year. So this is something uh, yeah. that we're starting to implement uh, a, a lot more. Uh, actually, for the people who are members of uh, Spotify, there's the McCallan playlist that's curated oh, yeah. by uh, some of our, you know, some of our employees at Edrington that are very, very music focused, mm -hmm. and they they curate those beautiful playlists to enjoy uh, with the various expressions of the McCallan. Wow, that that's wonderful. Um, yeah, and I and I can't. I know I'm kind of. I can't. I should want to go back to the the fact of like uh, how much more it means to buy a bottle of whiskey that has. Um, a new story to it, uh, whereas like the previous story was like, oh, it's 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 18 years, mm -hmm. and and like I said, going back to the history 10, 15 years ago, again, not a McCallum name specifically, just in general Scotch name, like oh, it's been aged for 18 years. Yeah, uh, that's your story, uh, and then you talk <laughs> about the distillery, and, and you know, frankly, like you know, writing whiskey reviews as I do, I get so tired of writing about oh, this story has been like 18 and 24, and it's been uh, nobody cares. It's, it's all Wikipedia. Just just yeah. read Wikipedia, you're fine. You can get that information. Um, but the, the, to to have that story to tell when you when you buy somebody whiskey as a gift, uh, whatever. Uh, you know what a great way to do that um and it's a good season for that it's a good season for that also a good season to buy books I, I, absolutely do, do you know any uh, you know any whiskey books you'd recommend here uh you know i have one that i'd like to recommend to anybody who just gets into whiskey or has been in the whiskey <laughs> business for a long time that's a great commercial voice yeah. by the way <laughs> i told the whiskey was, cabinet <laughs> i think is uh, it's called actually I've, I've recommended your book to, to so many people and it got such good feedback on it uh it truly is uh, a staple in any whiskey fans uh bookcase just because I find you do such a good job of summarizing what each category is, but by adding kind of an element of history behind each mm -hmm. of the category. And that's something that really, really sucks you into the book and, and keeps you there and makes you go back. Uh, I, I went through the books so many times using some elements of it oh, in my sure various that, yeah. Uh, presentations. So yeah, definitely uh, go ahead and, and get your copy. Uh, uh, send them to Mark. He's going to hand write uh, and sign every single one of them for your Christmas uh, Christmas gifts. So, as he gives uh, as he gives the milk to his uh, newly born twins. <laughs> That's right. I'll be signing and feeding babies a uh, bottle. Um, yeah, no, it's available on Amazon.com.ca.uk uh, wherever you live. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I, you know that that was the one of one of uh, really uh, such a great compliment uh, to to go to distilleries and to see like this is you know here's our staff. This is what our staff reads. Uh, to kind of get caught up on, on whiskey questions and then same with bars and restaurants and that kind of thing. So it's yeah. a wonderful compliment. I, I appreciate that. I think I was actually expecting that. This is really Ava nice. Available at our um, at our New York Edrington offices, by oh, the way. Oh, I, very I made nice. Sure that we had a, a copy that that's Aww. there and available for the staff. So uh, yeah, it's, it's truly a book that uh, that I think is important for anybody who's in the in the business or or just interested. No, that's I don't often sell the book, but this is holiday season. This is when the book sells. This is, this is the time <laughs> to sell the book. Uh, no, I really appreciate that. That's that's really wonderful. Um, and and I you know such a what a wonderful uh, way to come down here and, and be able to do this. So, like I said, serendipitous, wonderful. Um, Absolutely. Any any final comments for our audience? Uh, uh, well, it's my third uh, presence on the whiskey topic. Always such a fun time. I'm looking to looking forward to number four. And at that point, uh, we're going to have a new part of our limited editions that have hit market, which is our exceptional single cask series, which is a range of seven. Uh, single cast that have been selected at the McCallum, mm -hmm. aged between 12 and 22 years of age, or 23 if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the first release is going to be only available in either uh, America or Asia. Mm -hmm. 
I am not sure I'm going to get my hands on some, but I definitely will be camping in front of any liquor stores <laughs> that bring it in so I can at least uh, get one of those ballings as they will be, uh, you know, I might as well hunt for unicorn tears at this point. Uh, but if ever I do, yeah. uh, hopefully I get the chance to, to sit down with you and share some of that fantastic whiskey. Uh, Nicholas, absolutely. Um, and where can people find you on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, yeah, very active on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, I'd love to, you know, feature some... Uh, scoops on the McAllen and, and, you know, always get in trouble for sharing stuff way too early. So yes, if it. you want to have some of those uh, 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 very, very exclusive information, you can find me at McAllen Nicholas in all one word. That's Nicholas without an H. Okay. Awesome. Nicholas, it's been wonderful and a pleasure. And, always a pleasure. Uh, you brought three wonderful whiskeys. I'm very happy. <laughs> I enjoyed them. Cheers. All right, cheers.